0: Welcome to the pursuit of progress podcast, where every episode is dedicated to helping you navigate the path to success as a personal trainer by downloading some of the strategies, successes, and even failures of the minds of some of the greatest trainers in the industry, like the amazing individual that you guys have here with me. If you guys are watching um, on YouTube, you're seeing this. If you guys are listening to this on any of our, uh, our other platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, just know that this is available on YouTube. And if you're anything like me, sometimes it's nice to see the people that you guys are connected mm-hmm. to. So either way, uh, Rick Ritchie, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks for being here.
1: Hey man, thank you so much for inviting me on. I appreciate that.
0: Love it, uh, and if you guys have not come across, first off, you must not have been on the internet if you have not come across <laughs> doctor, the doc, the doctor, Doctor Rick Ritchie, um, who I jokingly call, I jokingly call the face of NASM, because again, if you guys have been on any of NASM's YouTube on the NASM podcast, then this is a voice right that you're going to be familiar with, um, and he's doing a, a ton of great in the industry, and uh, and obviously it shows. We've got the 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 2020, uh, and 20, right? The 2020 Idea Personal Trainer of the Year. Yeah. That's correct. Last you? year, tw- uh,
1: 2022. Last 2022.
0: Year. Uh, you know, so we're we're lucky to have someone pretty amazing on here who's done a lot in the industry. Um, and Rick, you can correct me if I'm wrong about any of this. Although I have done my homework on you, so. I was stalking ah, you a little bit. Stalker, I like it. Go- Googling you. Um, but Rick's been training and working in the industry since 2002, uh, doctor of health science, uh, master of exercise science, licensed massage therapist, probably more acronyms than I could spout off at any given time. So yeah, needless let, let to say, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been involved in the industry in a lot of different ways from not only an educator standpoint, training and working with clients you know, uh, working with and training celebrities in New York. Also, uh, the founder and owner of the, uh, the training spot, uh, correct. The, uh, independent independent training, spot. the independent training spot in New York city. And you guys have multiple locations. Is that correct?
1: We do. We just signed a lease on our fifth location in union square in Manhattan.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. And that is, uh, that is primarily, uh, independent training spot, independent coaches and trainers who are working That's and run correct. their own business. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I felt well, like there was a real hole in the market there
0: and, uh, what? you know, I, I
1: needed to to plug that hole.
0: <laughs> and, uh, and also a co-owner of another recovery based business, correct? Correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that business it's doing really well we had a brick and mortar that we closed during the pandemic but we've been doing mostly events and things like that so we've worked with uh the usta and uh done some stuff with with tennis that that has been pretty beneficial to us and uh you know putting our feelers out there about opening back up again so
0: we'll see I love that. And and I think one of the reasons that I was most excited to bring uh, Dr. Ritchie on the podcast is, you know, for those of you guys who are connected to myself and Axiom as well, you guys know that we run NASM personal training certification courses. And uh, Dr. Rick Ritchie is one of the most common recommendations from me to students for audio based listening, learning from other people. You. and consistently just puts out great content for new trainers, experienced trainers across the industry. So either way, uh, again, I just wanted to brag about you a little bit, uh, Dr. Richie, I'm excited oh, man. to be here I and, uh, that. thank you. Thank you very much. And for you guys who are listening, don't worry about the time we're done. I'll also let you guys know where you can connect and learn more from Dr. Richie. But what I would love to hear more about, because again, this podcast is more geared towards trainers in their first five years, really trying to gain traction and figure it out um, for lack of a better term. So mm-hmm. if you could think back, right back to 2002, the good old days, oh, wow. um, <laughs> if you can think that, tell us a little bit about how you got started, right? Let's call the origin story, especially like into fitness and training. Um, give us some insight into how you got into this. Obviously we see kind of where you are now much further mm-hmm. down the line. Um, you know, owning multiple businesses, working in the industry, traveling the world, educating, but tell us a little bit about how you first got started. Well, when I was a lad. I'm just kidding. That's not how it's. (laughs) uh,
1: (laughs) I think, um, I get in part, it was martial arts when I, I I was 14 years old when I started martial arts and my martial arts instructor owned a gym and was a personal trainer. And if, you know, like every kid, when you do martial arts, you want to be like your martial arts instructor. So I wanted to be a gym owner. I wanted to be a personal trainer. Um, uh, After uh, a few years of doing some kind of, uh, not so much combat, but like uh, a stunt kind of work and learning acrobatics and things like that, I did a little bit of damage to the body. And (laughs) I wanted to go into physical therapy after I'd messed my knee up and I'd had a couple of surgeries. And so I uh, I finished high school, started going into college. And I was like, oh, after college, I'm looking at what does physical therapy look like afterwards. And the school I wanted to go to required uh, nine credit hours of calculus. And I was like, all right, I'll be a trainer.
0: <laughs> like, uh, I don't yeah, know if that right. part's for me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, Algebra was tough enough. I'm going to, I mean, I went to school for gym, for goodness (laughs) sakes. Love that. So I I decided that uh, I was just going to, went to, to, in college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I had a a double major in um, theater and communications. I had a minor in biology. I took another minor in business administration because i didn't know i didn't know what i wanted to do and uh fast forward a few years after college i moved to to new york city and within a couple of months i had auditioned for a show and i got a tour on a theater company and i toured around for six months and when it was over i was like okay i don't want to do that anymore i I just it sounded really cool i I don't want to do that and i ended up getting. an interview because a friend of mine who was on the tour said when I get back, I'm not waiting tables. I'm going to be a personal trainer. And I was like, I want to be a personal trainer too. So, so she was, I said, can you put in a good word for me? And she was like, I guess, but like, I'm new, they've never even really met me before. And so um, it turns out that she was an absolute rock star and she was able to get me at least a meeting and The meeting went great, Joe, until the the person stands up from the desk and was like, thank you so much for coming in, reaches his hand across the table, shakes my hand. And he says, you're not really what we're looking for, but I appreciate you coming in. And I was like, I don't even know what you're saying right now.
0: What's happening?
1: Like we had a great conversation. And you didn't even ask me anything about fitness or training. We just had a great conversation. I thought I was a shoe-in. I thought, oh, maybe you don't need any fitness stuff. You just need to make sure that I'm charming. And I was, Joe. So (laughs) (laughs) so afterwards, so he he was like, all right, fine. And he goes through this list of like muscles. He was like, where's your rectus femoris? And I was like, what? You know, (laughs) right there. And he was like, all right, where's your uh, quadratus laborum? And I was like, right? And, I'm giving him, and he goes, where's your sternocleidomastoid? And I was like, like I have no idea where that one was. <laughs> I, just, I was like, that sounded made up to me, sir. Yeah, yeah. You're making uh, words up now. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you're just trying to catch me. That's not a real muscle. But I said, uh, I, said I don't know. The sternum is here. Kleido somewhere, uh, mastoid is like somewhere in the back of the head. And he was like, oh, oh all right. All right, not bad. And then this is my favorite. <clears throat> he takes this coffee mug and moves it across the table. And he goes, sell me this mug. And I was like, Oh. And like from my day, like I've done enough theater and improv and things like that. I was like, look, if it's gonna come in handy, it's gonna be right now. So I took <laughs> the mug, I look at the bottom. It was completely like blank mug, but at the bottom it says Starbucks Corporation or something like that. And I was like, I was like, all right, great. You know what this mug is? This mug is what you wanna be. It's what we wanna be. It's gonna it's the it's the name, it's the brand, it's the place, it's the expectation of of quality when you walk in the door and it is name recognition. It is, you know, Vaseline, it's Coke, it's Kleenex. It's everything here. Starbucks is synonymous with coffee and this company should be synonymous <laughs> with fitness. And I mean, he was like, oh, like wiping his brow. woo, <laughs> fanning his chest. And uh, he was like, oh man, that was, that was great. All right, let's go talk to the general manager. And I walk into the general manager's office, and this is this is actually not the not the previous guy I was just talking about. He's not the problem with fitness. The general manager was. Yeah. So I Walked in the door to the GM and he looks at me. And the the fitness manager goes, This uh, young man's looking for a job as a trainer. And he literally goes, You're a good looking kid. When can you start?
0: <laughs> the bar with the bar was, like, the oh, bar was no.
1: high, right? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, if you can get past Marcus. I'm yeah, easy. <laughs>
0: the smell test is good
1: yeah exactly
0: that is awesome So
1: um, that was february of 2002 so i remember i went to my well that was before but i went to my first day the foundations program where they teach certified uncertified personal trainers uh, the basics of exercise science and programming and energy systems and all the stuff you know right? All the stuff I'm sure that y'all do at Axiom. So like that was, that ended up being what I did to become a trainer and then, and then fast track to be, you know, let's get to the next level of trainer and let's get to the next level of trainer and then let's jump into to management. And then within uh, about a year uh, or a little bit over a year, I started teaching the exercise science courses. And and I think for me too that was my way of being on stage, right? That was my way of of being in front of people, having a way where I could take potentially really mind numbing stuff, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and bringing some light to it, bringing some levity to it, bringing interest to it, and that's uh, and and I think that that's just one of the the gifts and you know, I never thought I'd go back to school. I never thought that, uh, that that was my thing. And it comes to find out Joe, that when you find something that you're really interested in and really into none of that school stuff becomes as problematic as it was when you weren't interested in any of it.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Um, And this is, this is why, this is why I love having these conversations because I, it makes a lot of sense. Now you having, you know, some of your theater background, some of your previous experiences, which is awesome. I love that. Uh, Probably, probably no one listening to this knows this, but at once upon a time I was in show choir and performing yeah you know so like so i like that um speak to that for a second so obviously i think you and i both know there are obviously there's a lot of young people who get certified into training but there's also a lot of people career transition we have a lot of students like that Uh, maybe they're in their 30s 40s 50s even and they're like you know what i love this fitness thing i'm nervous about the transition maybe i'm unconfident in my science knowledge you know like that next level even the stuff that you know they have to learn from asm um, how can they use their other skills? You know, obviously like the other things that matter in training, um, like, you know, maybe speak to that for a second about like, you know, how to utilize or even like what types of skills you think translate best with succeeding with clients beyond just knowing the science and training, because like you said, you didn't know it at first.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I I will, I will speak to that because I do Agree with you when you know we haven't done the NASM workshops since the pandemic. Um, but I had taught those workshops, I started with NASM in 2006 Mm -hmm. and been teaching workshops. You know, and I mean, we were greedy, we were like, Oh, I want to teach this weekend workshop. When, why does he get this and I don't get that? And he got to go to Hawaii, (laughs) right? Like, we were arguing, we wanted to, everybody wanted to work. Um, but there were like eight of us, and we were all over the country teaching workshops and then anything got bigger, they brought in a lot more people that would be more close to the cities they'd be teaching at. So yeah, they weren't yeah. flying us all over the place, but I would still teach probably once a month, like a workshop a month. And, and, and I have loved it. And we get those people into the workshops and every workshop, especially the last few years leading up to 2020 when we had our last one. Uh, I kept pointing it out. I was like, I feel like there's an attorney or two in every one of these workshops, (laughs) right? Like you talk about, you talk about somebody that's, that's shifting gears. And, you know, sometimes they're not really, they're not giving up their, their job in a law to be a trainer. They just, they're doing it for self, like self fulfillment um efficacy progress pride like i feel like i'm doing something and they're proud of themselves for doing it right so they're they're into exercise so they want to to become a trainer uh some of them are like yeah yeah i'm just gonna train on the sides or on the weekends it's something for me to do so but there were a lot it just the attorneys are the ones that stood out to me but there were accountants and now i remember That there was um, a woman who was an accountant and she started doing a lot of the exercise science workshops and personal trainer, taught group exercise. And now, like, that's her niche. Like, she's still uh, a CPA, but her focus is for all you fitness people that don't know what the heck you're doing. Who think you can write off all of this stuff, and you can. <laughs> <and> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's that's a that's a great niche. I love that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was great. But like, that's the great thing about any of it is, which, what's your market? Who are you marketing to, and what community can you be a part of, even when it's not your exact job, right? So this person who is in law is still in and works with the fitness community. Um, this person who's a CPA is still a CPA and is still working within the fitness community, both as a fitness professional and helping those fitness professionals with how to be more professional. And, and you just see it, you see the people coming into the industry and they don't necessarily leave home base, right? They're, they're always keep, you know, I'm going to still touch that and I'm still going to get my hand over here and and dabble in in fitness. And I gotta be honest, like it's awesome. It's fantastic because people bring such variety to it. I remember another guy when I I went to one gym and he was he was like he was in his late 60s retired Columbia professor in finance. And he was a personal trainer.
0: That's awesome. And Joe, he
1: crushed it because there are a lot of older, rich people that wanted to train that didn't trust the 24-year-old that I was to with their bodies because you don't know how I feel. You don't know how my bones ache. You don't know what it's like. And they're like, yeah. at least this guy does. And anyway, like he, he had to constantly turn away business because he was an older guy. He was fit. He was comfortable. He did it because he wanted something to do that he loved doing. I remember he said, uh, I said, how did you get into it? And he goes, well, I've trained enough that I could burn down a house in the Poconos with the amount of money I spent on personal trainers (laughs) He goes, I figure in retirement, I could try to make some of that money back the same way. And I thought, this is just, it's a great story, man. Like people, people are attached, uh, to our industry, whether, whether or not they ever work in it, they're attached to it. They're attracted to it. Um, You know even even the rich guys that that come in the rich people that come in and they're well off and they love their lives but they're still a little jelly of ours you know what i mean like
0: right yeah coming in coming in workout clothes you know working out with people (laughs) yeah 100 i i feel the same way and you see that there's like there's something that they're they're like man you know what like your life may actually be simpler in some ways even for me as a young trainer i would get that that like you know what yeah you got it right right now, Joe, you know, doing something you love in that environment. That's awesome. And I love that. I just want to echo that too, because I I think what you were talking about, people bringing in this other layer of maturity and connection and rapport, that's very hard. Same with me. I was, you know, certified at uh, 18, 19, started working Mm. with clients. And although, you know, maybe mature for my age, I couldn't connect with someone like like 35-year-old Joe can or 40-year-old clients. So if if anyone's listening, I think it's a superpower, right? You bring in like a different perspective on things that, you know, maybe someone younger who hasn't had life experience just doesn't have.
1: Yeah. And, And, and also just to point this out too, I was the only fitness manager that had hired obese people as personal trainers and And I got a lot of pushback, especially back then when, like, I mean, you think about today and it's like gratuitous fitness everywhere. Uh, Back then there was like, I can't, I mean, people were mad at me. General managers, um, people, they just, they couldn't believe my choices. Um, And I said, you know, there's a couple of problems here. One is that you're assuming that if they don't look like your picture, of perfection, or your picture of good, or your picture of fitness, that they won't get work, right? Or that they'll misrepresent the company. And uh, I said, I want you to look around and let me know how many uh, over fat people you see in the gym. And and it wasn't a lot because that's not who that gym marketed to. They And in most gyms, I don't see a lot of big people in the gyms. Agreed, and um, and then all of a sudden, like there's somebody that they can connect to, that's in the gym wearing the shirt, wearing the brand, and yeah. so they started getting more people. And and again, like they were probably like, oh, I can't believe we're bringing in more people that we don't want. Um, and and that may be a misrepresentation of them, but uh, but they did. And I said, now you're serving a larger portion of a community that you hadn't thought about before. And I know it's not who your marketing goes for with all your sexy ads, but we're going to do what's right and not just what is, um, uh, been done in the past in the way that they want to do it. And I, I felt like <clears throat> we were wrong in a lot of ways. Like you didn't ask the question about the still obese woman that I hired, who was probably, I don't know, 40 or 50 pounds overweight. But did you ask her about the story of her losing more than 110 pounds? You didn't get that part of the story, because you didn't care, because you didn't ask the questions, you just judged it. And so I said, I'm interested in that story. I want to know, because other people want to know, how did you lose the weight? What did you do? And that's going to mean a lot more coming from her than it would for me, because when I tell the story, I have to tell her story. You know what I mean? Like she could tell her own
0: story. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love hearing that too. Cause yeah, I can only imagine what it was like, you know, 2002 to 2000, I mean, to 2016, right. I mean, this long period of, of that not being seen as something that's okay in the fitness industry. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back again to you know you just got started out training and mm-hmm. you had kind of mentioned again initially you know you had a great personality from your experience in life, um, but the, maybe the science knowledge wasn't super high. But you would started training. How were you getting clients at that point in time? You know, like Charmed. what were some of the things you were doing? <laughs> <laughs> just charming.
1: Uh, that's a it's a great question. I I think the the most important thing that I did was try to have fun. Um, and that, and that might be like the superpower. I don't know if it was charming or or not. I know that I liked having fun and I found certain things to be enjoyable and I wanted people to have fun when they were working out with me. Now I may not have been anywhere close to the most sophisticated version of training. Maybe, maybe like what I am now or uh, you know i find these these highs and lows where i i also am not putting together the best most sophisticated programs that i'm like let's have good programs and let's also do this and let's do this and then sometimes i go back up and i was like all right i'm going to be more nerdy of a trainer now and i'm <laughs> cut all that stuff out and just like but you know at the end of the day you're you're training people right and 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 A lot of times you train people that struggle to show up and when you put together a great program, but that great program doesn't fit how they feel today. And now I'm upset because I spent time putting together this great concept and this great program. You're upset because you're like, what happened to fun, Rick? (laughs) Yeah. Where did
0: did that guy go? (laughs) Where
1: did the... Bang! guy go now you want to be more focused on my goals so
0: i just i think that i'm you know we're
1: i'm always goal focused i'm always centrally focused on results and what is the most enjoyable way that i can help to to get us there and and i feel like that's that's how i that's how i started that's and just talking to people and also um uh, you know there was a there's a lot when you're wearing the the gear of your business, right? And you go up and you start talking to people. In the back of their minds, especially when you first meet them, they're always kind of thinking that you're selling them, right? Even if I'm just chatting, or I'm just trying to get their names. There. So I also probably picked up the majority of my clients early on while I was working out not wearing my gear because they know I work there if they've been around, like, there's the guy that usually wears that shirt. Now he's wearing this shirt and working out, but now I'm more approachable, right? Like now I'm not the guy that's speaking on behalf of the company. So they can ask me a question and not feel like they're about to get pitched. Uh, And that was never my thing. My thing was always just like chat with people. And um, uh, I do remember after I left a gym one time, just like moving and things like that. So uh, I moved away from a gym and uh, one of the last things that I had received was that there are a lot of train as the manager, there are a lot of trainers that there are a lot of people in the gym that don't acknowledge that I exist. And, um, you know, a lot of people that, you know, you walk in and I want a warm and friendly environment and it's just very, it's very nice. It's very pretty, but it's very cold really. Um, and they and they said except for that guy that uh, manages the the fitness department and i was reading it and i was like and i'm about to leave and i was like <laughs> all right you're on your own here's here's yeah. here are some things that you need to to do and it and, and i don't mean like you need to be more like me but you need to be more like you as if you're not afraid to be more like you and that i think is what was important like feel free to that was the worst part. I remember I had a fitness manager. I was like, how do I get clients? And he he goes, You go and talk to people. And I was like, what do I say? And he goes, You figure it out. Go sell. Go sell. And and that just felt so wrong, man. Go sell. Go sell. And uh, so it's just like, go hang out, you know, go hang out. Let me know if you need a spot. Can I get you a towel? You want a water? Um, uh, when you're done, uh, I, I'm available if you want to do like a like a 10 minute core routine at the end. We'll do some abs and you know uh, uh, we'll, we'll we'll get a little in. It's no charge. I just want to, and I would even say sometimes like listen, I'm just kind of bored. So if you want to do something, let's work out. Let's get something in. And people are like, yeah. Um, and always like so. Also in corporate gym, they do these complimentary sessions. Do as many of them as possible, Joe, as many as possible, because here's the thing. Nobody knows that you're doing the free sessions, but here's what people want. People want to train with trainers that train. They wanna train with the ones that are already training. They don't wanna train with the ones that are sitting around twiddling their thumbs, jumping on their phones every few minutes, they are sitting in the office, Um, they want to work with the ones that are working because it seems like that works for other people. So that should work for me too. I'm not going to be the one that goes, Oh, let me try this guy that doesn't have any work. And so when you do those comp sessions, you're already the guy or the girl, whatever, like you're, you're working and nobody knows that it's complimentary. Plus it's a, it's a numbers game too. Once you start doing those, like you just, do it. Meet people, and eventually somebody's gonna buy sessions. So,
0: like you I love just that. gotta get out there. Got to put yourself out there. Like you said, you know, it's it's like the busy restaurant analogy. You know, most people they want to go where they think the food's already good. And if you're out there, whether it's right. free or not, you know, training anybody um, can be huge. Just being seen that way, so people are aware. I yeah. think that's great. Um, now. That being oftentimes coaches and trainers, and you may get this conversation too, especially with you now having the the business that you have, the independent training spot, you know, mm-hmm. being an independent as a trainer is like, that's the <clears> ideal <throat> dream for most people, you know, but yeah. the challenge for so many is like, how do you get started that way? So uh, how important was it for you to start in one of the more corporate gyms versus starting on your own? Do you think you would have succeeded? Where would you have been challenged? Um, because I obviously never that's,
1: succeeded no. yeah, Yeah. No, I would have, I would have never succeeded. I would have never been, and I couldn't, I was like, how do I talk to the people at the gym? And those people are already interested in the gym. You know what I mean? Like they're already there. Yeah. Uh, so I definitely would not have known how to talk to somebody outside the gym. I don't even know if you're interested in fitness, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's been on like a random conversation with people. And I feel like that's just, that's hard. like. Independent business is built on word of mouth and professional relationships. So word of mouth is my clients speak high enough on my behalf to their friends and colleagues and associates that I can build that business. And um, my professional networks, meaning uh, I'm connected with physical therapists and I go to physical therapy. I get physical therapy done from the physical therapist that I want to refer me clients, and let them know that I am that guy that they can safely and confidently refer their their patients uh, to. And I remember one time my physical therapist. By the way, he refers to me sessions all the time now. But I remember one time he said, "I will never refer out to a personal trainer." I will never give a personal trainer recommendation. And I said, why not? Because we've known each other for a long time. And he said, I just think that trainers can oftentimes do more damage than they do good. Um, and, of course, looking from the lens of a physical therapist, uh, when people come in and say, I was with my trainer and yeah. this happened and we put too much weight on this or my hip did this. or," And so he's just he's hearing the bad stories because he's. He's the guy that's there to catch those
0: stories. Yeah, he's trying um, to fix them.
1: He is. And for me, it was, uh, uh, it, it took a long time to break through because eventually what people were doing was asking for a personal trainer. And he, he said, So I can't refer anybody. So they just go find somebody. And he was <laughs> like, Well, the guy I know, I trust more than the guy I don't know. Yeah. So it yeah. ended up being a, a very, that, like that kind of stuff, meeting with people, whether that's a chiropractor, your massage therapist. Oh, biggest thing when I was in um, uh, doing group uh, um, fitness, I got business all the time. So picking up a side hustle, teaching the class. And if not, like that's not your thing. It may not be everybody's thing. But but become friends with the people who teach those classes. <laughs> I used to have people that would t- like filled my book because they taught classes, but they didn't do personal training and they would send everybody to me. And like I would was constantly busy. And that was that's that's the good life. But that life is built. On relationships as an independent trainer, it's always built on relationships excuse me, so do you know somebody, even though you're independent, do you know somebody at the local YMCA or JCC? Do you know somebody that teaches a a boot camp or a hit class that maybe doesn't do personal training? Or if they do, they're either teaching class or already training at the time new people want to work with them. And they say, well, I'm not available, but I can refer to somebody who can. So it's it's building relationships with people and and that's the most common. Like I I don't think you're going to get the traction doing Instagram ads that you're going to get by having people connect with you that are within your realm.
0: So without uh without just putting words into your mouth to kind of bring that together, uh, would you say it's like pretty challenging and rare that people are going to succeed on their own right away?
1: Oh, that seems so hard. I've known Listen, I've been teaching, I've been uh, have the independent training spot since 2014 and I've maybe seen two people that just became a personal trainer and started the independent businesses. Yeah. And that's incredible. I'm literally going how? like you teach me. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. How did teach you do that? <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I would almost guess too. Cause I mean, that's oftentimes we have some, like I mentioned students who are like in different phases of life and maybe if they have a really robust network already, you know, and like an adjacent way that they already have a potential customer base, potentially sometimes some of the moms that yeah. come through our course who are already super networked in with like a whole community of other individuals. But yeah, it's very rare and challenging to do. So, um, Agreed. I'll switch gears for a second. How have Got your it. client, how have you, cause you, I mean, you've, you've had, uh, you know, what's, what's your longest standing client as of right now? Oh. Or maybe, or maybe in general, even though, you know, I know, you know, you probably have phased in and out of, of training more and training less over the years, but let's say yeah. like longest, longest training relationship that you've had.
1: I don't know, probably since I opened the gym in 2014, um, I feel like there are a lot of people who have come and gone, but yeah, I think I probably still have one or two that are still around from when I opened the gym nine years ago.
0: And your, uh, your son, your son is how old? I have two,
1: I have three kids two. and my, my daughter is 14. Yep. Uh, I have a 12 year old son and a seven year old son. And I have posted about the seven year old recently cause he's my jujitsu guy.
0: Love that. Yeah. I think I was, I was listening to you talk a little bit about him on another podcast. Oh, um, that you know, episode get, is so good. That's no, <laughs> cool. I, I love, I, you know, as like a, as a dad now, I'm super cheesy. I love hearing all yeah, these fair. things. Um, well, and a reason I say that too, is I would imagine, again, you've got people that have been with you through these different phases of life. How have your clients changed your life? That's a
1: great, uh, it's a really great question. Uh, I feel so enriched by my clients. I remember I had a guy that I, I trained probably 2006 and he was just like a sage, like just (laughs) listening to him talk. I would crush him so we could take a break for like 3 minutes and he would catch his <laughs> breath and just start pontificating and I'm just like I mean I felt like like he just was an oracle of some sort you know I have a I have a retired physician that you talk about just calling somebody up and being like hey my son's got this you know I pray he I always tease that you probably hate these phone calls. And he was like, not from you, I don't. And so yeah. I feel absolutely <laughs> lovely. I have clients in the theater, clients that are in the music industry, clients that are in television, film. Um, the, like the amount of interest, like here's the other thing. When you're in finance and things like that, you know who you're around all day? People that do finance. People who are just like you, have your same life, I have the same story, we have the same clients. and uh, Like for me, like, Everybody is different. I mean, they come in, they share. Um, some don't. Some are very, you know, reserved with things. And, uh, and my favorite thing is watching that breakdown. <laughs> watching that breakdown. So over time, they're like, all right, I'm going to laugh at you. I'm going to smile. I'm going to ask you how your son did in his performance at the whatever at the other day you know like that's the kind of the stuff like I just love I love that and 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 I appreciate that one of the things that I mentioned in the uh 2022 idea world personal trainer of the year award speech was that we need to not just think about what it is that we provide our clients and what we do for our clients but we do need to think about what they do for us and i said people that do an hour session commit two hours to it and if they do that twice a week that's four hours out of their week that's 30 minutes to get to you get changed, get and then they shower and then they get this and then but go back to work and like every every session is two hours worth one hour of workout one hour of preparation um to and fro like that's a huge commitment they're they're paying you for an hour and giving up another hour so it's not just about the money it is also about the time and if we don't truly express our appreciation for what they do for us then i do think that we're missing uh, something very important as a person not as a professional as a person we're missing something very
0: important i love that that's awesome Um, so last thing I want to ask you in, and, and, you know, probably kind of parlays a little bit off of that as well is thinking of these new personal trainers, the people that are listening to this podcast, those that have gotten certified either recently, or maybe they've been certified for a couple of years and they just still Mm -hmm. haven't hit the traction point where they're like, this is real. Like maybe they want to do this full time and they're just still trying to make that. And you only got like one nugget, one little piece of advice, you know, for that individual, what would it be? what would that piece of advice be about trying to make it stick, trying to get over that, you know, the hump, the challenges that happen early on?
1: I always say that when you, when you have a goal and you're trying to go after it, uh, I always say a little bit of something's better than a whole lot of nothing. And look, you, you can talk yourself out of things that you really want to do. And that's wild to me, but we do it all the time. And so my suggestion is just start it, do a little bit of it, because we tend to be an all or nothing people, right? So I didn't do enough to accomplish anything, so I might as well stop doing it. I'm like, that's not how that's not how fitness works. That's not how life works. That's like, yeah, I mean, that's not even how brushing your teeth works. You know what I mean? Like you just <laughs> keep, you have to keep doing it. You got to keep doing a little bit. You got to stay at it. Um, and then what happens um, a researcher by the name of Barbara and I love, she's got this concept called broadening and building um, an, another term for it, which I think is more applicable and understandable is called upward spirals. And I think we're all very familiar with downward spirals, but uh, the, the upward spiral, the broadening and building, seeing something move in the right direction and feel comfortable and confident with that. Those are the small wins that we talk a lot about in fitness. That little bit of something's better than a whole lot of nothing. And you do a little bit. and It's not enough to accomplish your goals, but you do a little bit anyway. Just do a little bit. And when you see that you did the little bit, you're like, that wasn't bad. And I don't hurt too much. And I feel like I could probably do more next time. And you broaden and build. And that, my friend, begins the upward spiral. And part of that broadening is that when you start to see that work in your fitness, then you can also start to see that work in your relationships. And you can start to see that work in your business. And you can start to see that work in other aspects of your life because it's a uh, it's a truth that, that that spans across the spectrum of our lives that can be applied to anything. So just do it, do something, that little bit of something, because it's better than a whole lot of nothing, but just do a little bit of something. And then when you feel that you can push beyond that little bit, then give yourself the freedom to do a little bit more and do your best not to talk yourself out of great things that you can do.
0: I love that. If you guys are listening, you might need to go back, listen to that part again um uh, because i think there's just just so so there's so much wisdom in that um as you guys are starting out something new so uh uh rick i appreciate you i mean honestly i wish we had like 2 hours cuz i feel like there's just oh, so many God. layers of some of these things that we could talk about and you know heck we we didn't even talk about exercise right so that shows you how what? important What happened <laughs> when did that <laughs> That's we okay that that's that, that's 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 great um, and Hold hopefully, on, wait, before for the, you
1: keep going, as we're yeah. wrapping this up, I, w- I need to do a shout out for you. And I wish I'd done this earlier because at, at this point, so many people are like, I'm done listening to that guy's voice. So, Jeff, <laughs> so you're still with me. Uh, and I apologize for being long winded, but I was recently um, blessed with the opportunity to go to Egypt and teach a workshop uh, for personal trainers there on behalf of NASM. And one of the Egyptian trainers came up to me and asked me, he was like, hey, do you know this guy? And he pulls up Joe Drake's uh, (laughs) IG account. And I was like, actually, I do. And he was like, I think he's amazing. And I said, he (laughs) too. I do too. So anyway, shout out to you all the way in Cairo, people looking at your stuff and following you.
0: I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I mean, NASM's gotten big in Egypt, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like a whole different topic, but we get a lot yeah. of people coming in and, uh, and consuming yeah. content. Awesome, man. Well, Hey, that's well, the power. When, you, when
1: you produce good content, Joe, then that's just what happens. So well done, sir.
0: Love that. And Hey, hopefully that's uh hopefully that's what we're doing here for you guys who are listening or maybe watching, um, and, uh, for those that are listening or watching Rick, where can they find you? Where are you most active as far as like, you know, communication, uh, putting out great content, like where are the places people should go to learn more from you?
1: Yeah, thanks. I'm, I'm most active on Instagram and my handle is at D R dot Rick Ritchie, R I C K R I C H E
0: Y. Love that. And we'll make sure we put all those, uh, links in the show notes as well. So, uh, um, Dr. Richie, love having you on here, man. Can't wait to hopefully Uh, maybe have you back on here again in the future. And for all those that are listening, uh, make sure that you guys, you know, uh, follow us on whatever podcast platform that you prefer. You know, we're going to make sure that we're available on YouTube and and most of our audio, Apple, um, Google podcasts, and we just want to reach more coaches and trainers. So if there's anything that you took away from this, share this with someone else who needs to hear it. And I'll see you guys next time.